This is a Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 107, My Personal Journey with Compassion Fatigue and Burnout. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope you are all ready for an amazing 2023. I know that I am. Over the past little while, I've been working more and more with people who have been coming to me wanting to be coached about the stress in their life and feeling a lot of burnout. And maybe to be fair, I should say that either they are already aware that they're struggling with it, or as we begin to coach, what happens is they become a little bit more aware and realize the impacts that different stressors have had on their life, and they end up realizing that they're feeling different kinds of burnout. And I also finished last month coaching my first burnout breakthrough group, which was amazing with some wonderful women. I love doing it and I hope to do more groups like that coming up. Given the nature of our society, the fast pace, the business, the pressure, the toxicity of many workplaces, the lacking of resources, all that combined with the pressures of day-to-day living, the cost of things with inflation rising, the demands of having a family, there are so many stressors in our life that are contributing to the stress that we are physiologically feeling. And for many people, it's leading to the feeling of being burnt out. So I'm going to try to share more with you on the podcast in the next year about those topics overall, because the key for almost everything is to start with awareness and education. And I'm also going to be introducing you to some new terms and new topics, especially as many of my clients are in that helping professional or caregiver realm like I am. Um, So I want to speak to some of the unique challenges that we experience in that helping field as well. Now, as I've mentioned many times, I have been a speech pathologist for over 23 years working in the field of traumatic brain injury, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about my journey, how I decided to go into the field, how I eventually was led to life coaching. This will kind of set the stage for some of the upcoming episodes that I've planned to share with you. And now you may be asking, oh, great. She's sharing all this personal journey with us. How is this relevant to building resilience? Because that's why I'm listening to this podcast. Well, part of my story includes dealing with some of the things that many helping professionals deal with or caregivers, like I'd mentioned, who have dedicated their time to taking care of others. So some of the things I'm going to be talking about, you may or may not be familiar with things like compassion fatigue or secondary trauma and burnout. And we're also going to be talking a lot about stress. Now, I think you're already familiar with my love of working with stress because we've talked about stress a few times on this podcast. And so I will encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Now, if this is all new to you, then great. We are always working on new learning and you know that new learning is great for the brain. And frankly, it's all relevant because while you may not be a helping professional, at some point in your life, 
I can tell you likely will be a caregiver of sorts. You, you probably already have been a caregiver in certain capacity, but if not, it's coming. So it's good to expand your learning of the ups and downs of caregiving. And when I refer to caregiving, it may be caregiving to family members, children, elderly parents. It could be in more of a professional status. It could be also on more of a volunteer basis. But basically, we all will be touched by it. So I'm going to take you way back on my journey to the beginning roots of my caregiver role, some of my life experience that led me to actually go into the field of being a helping professional. Now, I am a middle child of three. I have an older brother and a younger sister. And when I was about four and a half years old, my younger sister was born and I was super excited to have a baby sister. So shout out to my sister, Sarah, if you know her then I am pretty sure she is one of your favorite people ever. Well, I love to help my mom take care of her. And my sister and I shared a room and everything. So I have many, many fond memories of being in that room with her and sharing things with her over the years. But as time went on, it became apparent that my sister was not transitioning through the typical milestones. My parents were concerned, of course, and they took her to see many doctors. She was eventually diagnosed with cerebral palsy, both physical and cognitive challenges and other challenges such as seizures at that time. So if you're not familiar with CP or cerebral palsy, it's not a genetic thing. It's something that happens either in utero, during birth, or immediately after birth, which causes some type of change or some type of damage to the brain. Now, in my sister's case, they think it was very likely related to a severe asthma attack that my mom had when she was pregnant, where the oxygen supply was likely cut off from my sister, which caused the damage to her brain. So she was diagnosed, and my incredible parents, I will give a lot of credit to my mom, my dad was great too, but my mom has been my sister's primary caregiver, jumped into action to get my sister as much support and help and therapy as possible. Now, don't forget, this is going back like 45 years now. So things were very different back then. It was actually relatively common for people to put their kids in institutions if they had challenges. Now, there wasn't a ton of support out there, and I'm not going to be judging anybody for how they dealt with their child, because I do believe that people do the best that they know how to do. My parents invested a ton of time in finding my sister the help that she needed. And as awesome as that was, it obviously took a toll on our family, on us as siblings, and I would imagine on my parents' marriage and even on them personally. You cannot be a caregiver without it impacting you somehow. So I became very well-versed in the rehab world. Many, many days I would spend time after school in waiting rooms at rehab centers and hospitals where I would do my homework while my sister participated in various therapies. So I knew the ins and outs of what we call the allied professions in Canada, which is physio or PT, occupational therapy or OT, SLP, speech language pathology, and social work. I was talking about being an OT from such a young age when most people had no idea what it even was. And I was also very involved with taking care of my sister and I wanted to, and it was a privilege to do that. And as the years passed, I planned to go into a helping profession up until I hit college. I decided at that point that maybe it would be better to do something different, something new. So I completely stepped out of the helping world, started taking more business, economics, sociology courses. I ended up graduating with a degree in industrial relations. 
and found myself in the world of investments and banking. And after working full-time at the bank for several years, I was miserable. I totally didn't care about people's money. I loved hearing about their families, their challenges, their lives, not about their money. And I was reminded one day while I was on the phone with a person who stuttered how much I had loved the helping world and decided at that moment I was going to go back to school to be a speech therapist. Now, I had to take a long roundabout route to do that, but about three and a half years later, I graduated with my Master's of Applied Science and Speech Pathology from McGill University, and the rest is history. Well, kind of history. (laughs) I did my final internship at Mass General Hospital in Boston, where I was introduced to medical speech pathology and cognitive communication. And I subsequently found myself working with adults in a rehab facility, working with acquired brain injuries, so traumatic brain injury, stroke, as well as neurodegenerative diseases. And there was also a strong focus on swallowing. I was also part of a trach team. After having my boys, I decided I wanted more flexibility. I joined a private practice, and that is where I have spent the last 18 years or so working primarily in the area of traumatic brain injury. So why am I telling you my long drawn out life story? As you can imagine, when you work in the area of traumatic brain injury, you are exposed to a lot of different stories. Stories about other people's experiences, often including their own trauma. You're constantly reading reports and reviewing charts. You read and hear the horrific details of accidents. You witness the challenges that people experience as they attempt to recover. They're constantly talking about their loss, their grief, their pain, their suffering, their anger, their own trauma. You see families falling apart, people experiencing all sorts of mental health challenges, including PTSD, anxiety, depression, and sadly over the years, I have also witnessed some of my clients die by suicide. Now, when I was in school, hopefully it was different now, but when I was in school, nobody ever talked about the impact working as a helping professional would have on you. No one talked about what compassion fatigue was, what secondary trauma was. I heard about stress and burnout, of course, but even then, we didn't always have a clear understanding of what they are or how to deal with them. So over time, without me realizing it, I was experiencing secondary traumatic stress, compassion fatigue, and burnout. There is actually a lot of shame around these things for helping professionals, and I want to include caregivers. Because you are helping people who are suffering. You are doing a quote-unquote noble work. And everyone will tell you how rewarding your work must be. I remember thinking, why do I not always feel like it's so rewarding? I mean, sometimes it clearly is when you see people making great gains. But many people make slow gains. Many people are not happy with their gains. And I'm not judging them for that. But the experience on the other side of the table of being a therapist is I found myself feeling at times really low, really unmotivated. And I wondered, why do I just feel so absolutely drained? Why am I frustrated with my clients for not getting better? Why am I getting more impatient with my colleagues and my team members? Why am I responding with less empathy? Why am I more irritable with my family? Why do I dread going to work and seeing my clients? 
So I decided that I needed to find some other outlets to manage whatever it was I was feeling. I just knew I wasn't satisfied. Now, I'm a multi-passionate person, so over the years, I threw myself into different projects as a way to distract, as my own way of self-care, as a way of taking a break. So things like real estate investing. And then I even started my own travel company. And these things were fun but I was still feeling completely drained in my everyday work. I was still weighed down. I was still feeling like I'm not giving my all. And then I was feeling guilty about not giving my all. And then it was carrying over into my personal life and my family life. Now, around the same time, I started listening to some different podcasts and came across a couple of life coaching ones, the Life Coach School podcast with Brooke Castillo and Better Than Happy with Jody Moore. Now, I actually was also a life coach. I had taken a certification several years earlier as part of my multi-passions, but I found it a bit too flaky. It wasn't evidence-based enough for me, something that had been drilled into me working as a regulated health professional. But when I began listening to these podcasts, something was different. I started to use the tools I was learning in my own life, and I started to see changes immediately. And at first, it was changes in myself, then as a parent, then as a wife, and I could even see it spill over into my work. So I began to introduce some of the concepts with my clients, and I saw changes in them. So I decided to get certified with the Life Coach School, and just as I certified, COVID hit and everything changed. Now, I started to see my SLP clients virtually instead of driving all over town to see them in their homes or workplaces, as I had done previously, and I decided to start coaching. Now, one of my biggest passions is learning. So I also continued to take courses and trainings and certifications. And I came across Dr. Eric Gentry, who is a world-renowned trauma specialist and a creator of a professional resilience program to help healthcare professionals. Well, really any helping professional, doctors, nurses, therapists, police, firefighters, first responders, teachers, as well as veterans, active duty personnel, and caregivers. He was helping them resolve and prevent toxic stress, burnout, and compassion fatigue. I started to take some courses and trainings with him and have been doing so the past couple of years, and his work has really blown me away. His protocol is so simple that it took me a while to believe that it would work until I saw the effects in my own life. Now, I'm still involved in his training as we speak. I am in a beta group of about 20 people, and it is amazing. He himself trained and worked directly with Charles Figley, who was the one who actually identified and coined the term compassion fatigue. So I feel very privileged to work with Dr. Gentry. Now, as I started working with him a couple of years ago, I began to realize, oh, I have been suffering from secondary traumatic stress compassion fatigue, and burnout. But using his tools, combined with the life coaching tools that I had already been trained in, I have completely changed me and found that joy and passion in what I do, both as a speech pathologist and as a coach. And in fact, my friend not so long ago, she sent me this text. And I had just put on my coaching hat with her to do a bit of coaching because a friend is different than being a coach, but she had asked me for some coaching. And she had said to me, I think your dad, now my dad passed away almost 20 years ago. So she said, I think your dad would have been so proud. Don't think it goes unnoticed what you give the world by wisdom and love and brilliance. 
and you have literally changed yourself inside and out. Not that anything was wrong with you before, but your attitude is night and day and even creamier than the icing it already was. And I see and feel the massive change and it inspires me to no end truly. Now, I share that with you, not to toot my own horn. I kind of cringe at sharing it because I'm not good at accepting compliments, and I'm certainly not very comfortable sharing those compliments with you. But it has gone into my file of fabulous on my phone, so go back to episode 65, celebrate you, because everything I share with you, I am also working on. But I share that text with you to give you hope, that if you are struggling with any form of burnout or stress or compassion fatigue or secondary traumatic stress, anything like that, there is hope. You can change. You can learn how to free yourself from that daily stress that just wears you down and sucks the life out of you. Now, if you're a helping professional or if you're a caregiver, which so many of us are, like I said earlier, whether it be you're specifically taking care of someone who's ill or your elderly parents or a special needs child, or you're just taking care of your own kids, or maybe you are somebody who is just plain burnt out from different challenges you've been experiencing or are experiencing, there is hope. And in the next few months of my podcast, I am going to do a deeper dive all about burnout, compassion fatigue, secondary traumatic stress, toxic stress, what they are, how to deal with them. And of course, the common thread is always about building resilience, all about learning how to navigate whatever storms you are facing while still moving towards creating that beautiful and joyful life. So if you have listened to this point, thank you for sitting and hearing about my story. But before we go, I want to give you a little snippet of something to learn and to think about, because I don't want to just leave you with a story all about me. So I'm just going to give you some basic definitions that you can start thinking about the concepts that we're going to dive deeper into the next few months. I want you to think of the experiences in your own life and where these definitions will land with you. Have you experienced these things or do you know somebody who has experienced these things? So the first definition I want to offer to you is one for compassion fatigue. And again, I've got a whole episode that we're going to devote to it. So compassion fatigue is characterized by physical and mental exhaustion and a loss of empathy or compassion for others as a result of the ongoing demands of being empathic and helpful to those who are suffering. It really occurs when a professional or caregiver's level of empathy leads to an activated stress response. And psychologist Charles Figley, he described it as the cost of caring for others who are in emotional pain. So when people are not able to refuel and regenerate as they need to, they experience physical and psychological challenges. Usually compassion fatigue encompasses some level of secondary trauma and burnout. You usually experience these things when you take someone else's pain and suffering as your own. So it can be very disruptive to your life. So that's it in a nutshell. You give out on a daily basis, and then you are not doing enough to refuel you. Now, I've also been doing some reading and learning from a Canadian expert in the area of secondary traumatic stress and compassion fatigue, Françoise Mathieu, and I can't wait to learn more from her. 
But she offers that a better term to use rather than compassion fatigue would be empathetic strain or distress. And we'll talk more about this when we cover compassion fatigue in detail. Now, secondary trauma or secondary traumatic stress is a term that maybe most of you are unfamiliar with. I certainly was. But it is a trauma that happens to many people, especially those who work in helping professions. So social workers, professional counselors, first responders, police officers, anybody who works with accident victims, abuse or assault victims, etc. So it is experienced indirectly through hearing details or witnessing the aftermath of trauma experienced by another person. So this secondhand trauma can occur if you are repeatedly exposed to particularly distressing details of the trauma experienced by others. You can end up experiencing a trauma response even though you didn't experience the trauma directly yourself. And it can occur after only one exposure to details of somebody else's trauma or repeated exposures. Again, we'll go more in depth with this on another episode because Francoise Mathieu has argued that there are many factors that affect functioning and the quality of care that we are able to give. So secondary traumatic stress is more of a combination of things rather than one thing. Now, lastly, burnout. Burnout has been kind of used by people, including doctors, as a catch-all phrase to cover all the things that I've been talking about. It's also been traditionally described as a response to a prolonged interpersonal work-related distress. So it's not specifically exposure to secondary trauma. It has been traditionally characterized by three components. One, exhaustion, so being emotionally and physically depleted or worn out. Two, cynicism, so becoming irritable and developing negative or inappropriate attitude toward your clients, patients, colleagues. And three, inefficiency. As a result of feeling overwhelmed and unable to cope, your work performance suffers. So burnout often comes along for the ride with helping professionals who experience compassion fatigue and secondary trauma. But burnout also occurs outside of the helping field. We are seeing more and more of it in other professions or really in many workplaces. And while it traditionally has been a term used and reserved for the workplace, I would argue that we're seeing it more and more just in general. I especially notice a form of burnout with parents. Now, I know for myself, there were many times where I don't think it was just my work that was burning me out. It was my responsibilities at home, like being a mom and being a stepmom. And I think that's why Mathieu created a tool. It's like a Venn diagram where she looked at all the factors that contribute to all these stress-related challenges that helping professionals experience. Now, regardless of people arguing about whether you can officially label it burnout at home or a burnout with parents, there definitely is an exhaustion there. And while definitions and the language we use is important, what I have learned is that there are tools that can be used to resolve and prevent all of these things, compassion fatigue, secondary trauma, burnout, and of course, toxic stress, which we've already talked a lot about stress on this podcast. There's definitely hope. I will introduce you to some of the tools briefly next week. And of course, when I work with people, I take them on a deep dive into all the tools so that they can heal and start fresh and become more resilient while still living in the same world that they live in, 
but they're also able to find joy and purpose within that world too. So stay tuned, my friends. I hope you'll be interested in these topics. I am excited to share them with you and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.